So after a very long delay, we're back with a new episode of Hellcast. Had a pretty big problem there. Had to re-record the whole episode and really find the time and figure out how to do it and what went wrong and all that great stuff. But uh, needless to say, obviously back and uh, got everything figured out. So got to present you with a really cool show today and we got some pretty big news. Uh, First and foremost, the Mark uh, Riddick giveaway drawing goes congratulations to the band Bleeding Fist who will be using that on a record. Uh, I think it might be their full-length album or something that's coming up, uh, but definitely a musical record. Uh, maybe it's a split or something, but uh, needless to say, it's coming out, and uh, congratulations to them for winning that. Uh, speaking of Mark Riddick, he's going to be joining the show later on. Uh, he's going to be doing an interview, and uh, also we're going to delve into all of his musical uh, projects that he's done through the years. I've uh, got a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm not going to go through them all, but... Uh, definitely uh, some of the latest and the greatest ones and he's going to give us a bit of an insight so that's going to be pretty interesting i'm looking forward to that um bit of news about hellcast it's this is going to be the last regularly uh podcasted episode and what i mean by that is uh it's not going to be weekly anymore it's going to be more so on a special basis uh so thanks to everyone that's been listening on a regular basis unfortunately with time and all that uh time constraints uh just kind of got to get it, tone it down a bit to more, to where it'll be more of a special event, so, by which I mean, if like, you know, a big band or something that, you know, big underground band that get an opportunity, is rolling through town, get an opportunity to talk to them, and have an episode out of it, uh, that's kind of what we'll do, and maybe even change a little bit of the format of the show, but be playing music and featuring great bands and keeping it underground, uh, nonetheless, whatever does happen. So the show's not going away, so definitely keep in touch by uh, keeping on the Facebook page or subscribing to the RSS feed on the website, writing emails, whatever you got to do to stay interested and really appreciate your interest for that. So getting into what we do best, and that's playing underground metal, uh, we're going to start out with the uh, first band for today, and this is... Uh, the first band is uh, Hades with uh, Unholy Congregation.
Joining me is Mark Riddick. Thanks for coming on the show, Mark. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. So beginning your career as an artist in 1991, a, a time without the means of the internet, how was it that you gained exposure to the underground scene about your artwork? Well, um, b- back in, in 91, yeah, like you said, obviously there's no, no means of um, computer or email exchange or anything of that nature. So everything was done by, uh, by snail mail or a regular post. And uh, what happened was... Um, uh, my entry into the underground scene uh, started in 1991 when I when I picked up a demo tape from a local band in a local record store called um, the band was called Our Ghost Line, who's pretty well known now for their uh, their notorious um, perspective on, on on things. So anyhow, whatever the case, uh, I was already into metal at the time, uh, mostly thrash type stuff like and a little bit of death metal too, stuff like Demolition Hammer. Violence, massacre, death, uh, cryptic slaughter, so forth. Anyhow, the, the band, the, the, our ghost on band logo appealed to me, so I, I instantly knew that it was probably going to be death metal music. So I picked it up, took it home, gave it a listen, and was really impressed because, you know, this is a local band uh, in the town next over from where I lived, playing really good death metal music. So I, I wrote to them. They had their address in the demo tape cover, and I wrote to them and. You know, expressed my um, my liking of their demo tape, and so I got a letter back from from the guitarist Alex, stating, you know, um, you know, thanks for the kind words and this and that, and he he includes a bunch of flyers for for different magazines and other bands from all over the world, and that stuff just it just completely intrigued me. You know, what is what is all this stuff I have in front of me now? You know, it's not it's not something I can buy in a tape store. So this is um. This is kind of where I got my entry to the underground. I started writing to these bands, these magazines, and and tape traders, record labels from all over the world. And uh, from there, I just got my start doing um, some filler art for some cut-and-paste underground fanzines. So that, that's pretty much where, where my roots are from. And while speaking of technology, have you upgraded your ways of drawing to the means of like a digital pen or software? Do you still use a pen and paper? Okay. Yeah, my, I, I definitely still do pen and paper. Um, this is my, my preference. I, I do, at, uh, when I get to a point where I ink, ink the piece, I'll go ahead and scan it in, and then I'll bring it into Adobe Photoshop where I'll um, do any kind of touch-ups, adjusting levels and contrast, and and, um, and then I'll reverse the background to black so that um, it's just something you see that's consistent with almost all my work. Um the black background and you know lately I've, I've actually kind of reverted back to the old way uh, I just picked up um, a bunch of um, like you know, black sharpie pens so that uh, I, you know instead of having to mask out my artwork and reverse the background which is kind of a pain in the ass and one of the parts of my my process that I don't enjoy doing so I just to avoid that I've um, I started getting the black markers out again which I hadn't done in years, and coloring the background with, with markers, you know, permanent marker, and then going back with a, a white paint pen and, and doing all the, um, the intricate details that go around the art. So 
such as the, the drips and the, and the rot and so forth. So you'll, um, you'll cover, you'll color like the whole white sheet black, and then you'll yeah. Pretty, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just started doing that in the past few weeks, and it seems to work really well. I've done it on um, uh, a piece for a Luger from Belgium, and I did it recently on um, a seven-inch cover for um, uh, a band from Canada called Burial Cult, and I also just employed it on. Um, on a uh, again, this the same guy from Belgium. Uh, his other band, Alien Nante Damnation. I just finished a, an extra illustration for their CD layout, where I, I did the same thing, and it's it's worked out perfectly fine. So, um, just figured out I'll, I'll probably start moving in this direction again, kind of keeping it really rudimentary, old school, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. And now, out of, the, out of the artwork I have seen, there's no colored work. Have you ever done any colored work? And you know, if so, like, do you use uh, you know paints, watercolor, or any of that stuff? Um, no, I usually I usually just stick with black and white um, pen and ink work. Um, usually using uh, some kind of um, fine tip point or a, like a big stick pen. Uh, again, just very basic supplies. Nothing professional. Just basically whatever I can. I can draw with and draw on is, is functional enough for me because ultimately the final artwork is going to be a digital file anyhow um, when it gets emailed to the band. But um, no, I, I just uh, the, the watercolor stuff I, I've kind of delved in a little bit. I, I believe on um, I did an autopsy LP cover where I, I did some ink work, but then went into the background and did some some um, some like watercolor black black and gray sort of water, watercolor work around the edges and so forth. Um, that was for a, a repress other demos on Hammerheart Records about 10 years ago. Uh, but no, color is not really my thing. I, I just try to try to stick with black and white because it's, it's more or less my brand. Uh, it's to keep my work consistent and recognizable. And it's something I just absolutely love to do. It's, it keeps with that old underground spirit of, of underground death metal, and that's what I'm, I'm all about. So that's what people are going to get. Right, and you, and you definitely do have when you see a piece that you could definitely tell that's you know a Mark Riddick drawing, and so so now for doing ten, twenty years of artwork, at least on the underground scale, which would be more or less the, the lower scale um, than the one that you've stated that you enjoy doing the most. How do you still find yourself being inspired to create such quality pieces? And from my personal experience dealing with you in a very quick uh, uh, quick time. Well, just with anything that you do a lot. I don't want to say practice, practice makes perfect, but it definitely makes you, you faster at what you do. As far as inspiration is concerned uh, with um, with my art, I, I kind of look up to, to other artists, underground artists from the, the past and present, uh, just to see what they're doing because I really feed off of that with my own artwork. Uh, also, of course, the music is certainly inspiring. I'm not, I'm not a big lyric, lyric reader, but just the um, um, what I've gathered from listening to and um, digesting some of the other visual content that bands come with, or you know, with with their their own brand of, of work, uh, that really is something that I, I I get a lot out of, as far as uh, influencing or inspiring my own work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, really, with with the um, the, uh, the the process, uh, it's it's kind of like like I said, it's second nature for me now. It's the hardest part is finding the time in the day to to stick with something just because having a family and having a day job um it's really difficult to to set aside a good couple of hours to to focus on a on a project so I find myself um you know five minutes here five minutes there, and then maybe at night after my kids are in bed <laughs> and then you know I can concentrate on it for a good hour or two but um really um finding the time is the biggest challenge for sure. And as I mentioned, I brought up uh, you know scales because it, I was more so going to delve into how the fact that you had done uh, artwork for mainstream bands as well as television, such as you know Metalocalypse and Law and Order. How exactly did you get those big opportunities? And had you ever thought that your drawing would drawing metal covers would lead you to such a, start, uh, a large scale of uh, work? No, I never never imagined it actually. Um, it's kind of it's kind of surreal when I when I step back and kind of take a look at my body of work that um, I've, I've had the opportunity to do, to do some 
some more mainstream projects. But um, as you mentioned earlier, and it's, it's on my biography on my website, is that you know I, I truly enjoy most just doing work for the really underground bands, mm-hmm. um, the bands who are working with independent record labels. Um, they just have a lot more conviction, I feel like, with the, the music that they make. And I just feel better about illustrating for them. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had opportunities to, to do work for bands that get more visibility to, you know, Black Dahlia Murder and Morbid Angel and Grave and, and so forth like that. And those have been awesome opportunities, don't get me wrong. Um, the, the, the Law and Order stuff that just kind of fell on my lap from um, an, old, um, an old college friend um, who happened to be working for, for this, this series had um, licensed some artwork from me for um, for one of their episodes, uh, which is you know definitely unique and easy. It's definitely the easiest money I've ever made. Um, definitely unique, unique, you know, very unique experience. And kind of surreal again to see my artwork on TV. Um, yeah, absolutely. National television, for that matter. Um, other things, you know, like the stuff for the Travel Channel and um, stuff for. Um, Cartoon Network, Metalocalypse, like, for instance, that just kind of fell on my lap, too. They, I don't even know how they, they got my name, but they contacted me, and I, you know, decided after a friend convinced me to, to take the job, so I did, and it is cool. They're, they're good to work with. Those are good guys over there. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, all, it's all worked out pretty well in the end, um, but, again, my I'm, that's not really what, I, what I'm out to do, you know. Really what I'm, I'm here to illustrate is for underground death metal period, you know, that's really what I truly love doing. I'm not really very interested in in drawing for TV or commercial products so much, but if, if it comes my way, I'll, I'll certainly consider it, but um, a lot of it just depends on time and, you know, is, you know, is it really something I want to take? And kind of going back to a previous question about your inspiration, who are some of your metal uh, artists currently that influence you and uh, has influenced you in the past? Um, let's see. I, I'll, I'll talk a little bit to the, some of the, the people who influenced me in the past, um, just in case there are any old schoolers listening to this this podcast. Um, some of them might remember, you know, um, Alfonso Arcor Ruiz, for example, from Python Gurdum, Mexican artist. He, um, he did some really, really good stuff, uh, not only for his own band, but other bands like Lividity and so forth. Uh, Steve Somers, who played bass in the band Phantasm from Wisconsin back in the early 90s, he had some amazing ink work that he had done for his own band, and uh, as well as others like Mortal Dread and, and, and a couple couple more outside of that. Uh, Ray Heflin, bass player from Absu, uh, love his work. He's done countless logos, not only for Absu, but other bands, Black Funeral, some of his own projects, a couple more. Uh, Morgion, um, Vincent Locke, obviously, you know, Cannibal Corpse album covers really uh, influenced my own work. Bernie Wrightson, who's he's not really a metal illustrator, but he did a lot of um, Swamp Thing uh, comic book covers, and he has a lot of um, a lot of work that I think would appeal to to metal fans. Uh, I know Matt Putrid Card mentioned that he was influenced by Bernie. Writes in as well. I, I definitely love his work. Um, definitely inspired me early on. Um, and of course, you know some of the others: Dan Seagrave, Ed Repka, um, Wes and Scotter. Um, some of the those are the three more well-known, I think, artists from the the early days. Uh, Christian Whalen from Grotesque. Uh, he's done a lot of paintings under the moniker Necrolord. Uh, Drew Elliott. He did, did some of the early Amorphous work. Andy Kinnear, who did some of the early Nile stuff. Paul Nielsen, who did some stuff for Pantheonium. Rob Smith, he did a lot of work for um, uh, 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 Evolved and Dave Rotten's Old Label Drown Productions. Uh, Sean Carr from Drawing Blood Magazine. Russ Evans, who um, was actually doing a lot of work from, from prison uh, for some uh, more of the American scene than anybody, but he did a lot of... Um, Flyer artwork, CD artwork for bands. So those are those are the guys from the past who have played a huge role in kind of getting me to where I'm at today. Um, some of the the more recent artists who I've really taken a liking to would be obviously Matt Putrid Carr, who I mentioned before. His work has that that old EC 
um, comics, like horror style, uh, very unique, uh, and just a brilliant artist. Um, Daniel Desecrator, uh, Coursera, I hope I pronounced his last name right. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But um, he's a Chilean artist who's done this countless stuff for um, black thrash bands, not only from South America, from, but from other parts of the world. I even hired him to do some work for me, a couple of logos, album covers, and so forth. But um, he's probably one of my favorites right now. I just, I'm just completely enamored by his work. Um, Toshihiro Igawa from Japan, amazing color artist, and black and white too. Uh, Mike Majewski, for the singer from Devourment, his black and white stuff is definitely uh, influential on my work. Justin Bartlett, who... Uh, he's not only a really good artist, but a great graphic designer. Uh, Jeff Zorno, he's done some comic book stuff, but he's done some stuff for some metal bands also, like X Dimension, and I think he may have done something for Nunslaughter or Grayfell. Um, and John Zig from Texas, uh, he's a really good tattoo artist, but has also been doing metal covers for a very long time, um, starting with Deeds of Flesh and maybe a couple other early, early uh, brutal death metal bands. But so those, those are some of the guys, you know, these days who are, who I'm keeping an eye on and keeping in touch with just because their work's really, really good and very inspiring. And with your art, your your style has the splatter drip ends making it very unique and recognizable, and, and that's, uh, you know, that it's definitely a Riddick piece. Uh, it, it's, to me, very reminiscent of uh, scary stories to tell in the dark books, which, uh, oddly enough, is a children's series, yet before one may conclude, it's actually a big compliment coming from me to say that because i remember you know looking at those hell i mean i i, I have them uh, now uh you're just really appreciating that artwork cause it's just really creepy uh art and especially for a children's book are you aware of what i'm talking about and if so is that something that you feel that actually did kind of influence your style absolutely yeah and you know um it's really great that you mentioned Stephen gamble uh, from the scary stories to tell in the dark series because uh, I had all three of those books growing up too. <laughs> and while I've never really made the connection that Stephen's artwork had an influence on my own work, it's definitely left a, a psychological imprint <laughs> on my mind just because, um, as you said, his work is incredibly creepy. At least the work he did for that, that series, that particular scary story series. Yeah. Not only creepy, but just highly disturbing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I see. I see the parallel um, that you're making with the um, a lot of drips and it's just rot and splatters. And his work was more um, watercolor or, or ink wash based. Okay. Mine's, mine's mostly just you know hard hard lines, you know, just ink on paper. But um, the the connection is is definitely um, is there. Uh, so I'm, I'm really grateful that you made a, the, that um, uh, that comparison because, yeah, it's true. Stephen Gamble's art more than likely is playing, whether I like it or not, a subconscious role on the work that I'm doing today. Um, his, his series, his book series, definitely made an impression on me in my youth, for sure, which I'm, I'm sure is something that you can relate to as well. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and one would imagine that... Uh with you know such a reputation that you have made for yourself and and you had previously mentioned uh you know full-time job uh is so artwork is indeed is not your full-time job uh no i just i work full-time as a graphic designer um but illustration is is my real my true love um illustrating for the metal scene um it's just something like i said i it's you know when you're passionate about it you're going to make time for it um it's a creative process that I feel I need to express um, in order to function. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. something I need to do. It's something in me that that compels me to to, to illustrate. Um, I mean, I, I love the music. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge collector, and it's my way of supporting what I'm into. Um, just as I'm sure you or anybody else would do if they were playing in a band or played an instrument. You know, you, you make your contribution because you love to do it and you love what you're doing and you love what you're doing it for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really something I just make time for um, outside of my day job and outside of um, having a wife and kids. You know, it's, just, um, it's, 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 it's definitely top of my list as far as um, a, a creative outlet. 
but um, you know, obviously my family comes first, <laughs> so mm. that, that's really the most important thing to me. But but um, but the art is just something that I, I feel that I need to do. And uh, artwork aside, uh, you also contribute your love for metal uh, as a musician. Uh, since since we will delve into different tracks from different projects you have done and find out more about each individually, uh, does being a musician precede being an artist, or do they go hand-in-hand hand with one obviously exploding to bigger means than the other? Um, well, the, the art, as I mentioned, is, is definitely um, my top um, creative expression, at least for, for me, it's, it's my first priority. Um, music is, again, a creative expression, too, but just in a completely different way. I just uh, I just have a love for for composing composing music, and uh, I just feel like it's um, instead of just letting my um, my musical expression just kind of sit around and collect dust, I, I, I try to make an effort to to get it published, uh, and I do this through through various bands that I'm involved in. But uh, it's certainly something I love doing, I, and I play a lot of different instruments. I just don't play guitar, or bass. I have boxes full of um, really esoteric instruments, all kinds of bagpipes and flutes and pipe chanters and, you know, some sort of, um, some, just some um, instruments I employ for some other projects that are more based around neo-medieval um, tracks versus, you know, you know, metal type stuff. But metal is definitely um, my, my first joy as far as writing and composing music. And, uh... Well, to start and get back into music, go start to delve into then, I think it's uh, probably your latest work, uh, I can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Macabre. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my most recent project. Uh, Macabre is a, is, a, is a joint collaboration between myself and uh, Adrian Weber from Belgium. He plays in a number of bands, including some of the ones I mentioned earlier, Alien Ante, Damnation, Luger, uh, Voice of Furion and um, Goat Holocaust and, and so on. Um, he's basically handling the vocal duties and I'm handling all the instruments. So we um, we just published a demo tape called By Intro's Rot and it's available only from Hell's Headbangers Distribution. So you can only buy it there. It's only five bucks. comes with a demo tape, patch, button, poster, lyric sheet. So it's, it's a steal. Um, we do have a full-length recording on the way from my twin brother's record label, MetalHit.com, and that's going to be out. I think the official release date is February 14th of 2012. So um, right now we're just looking for a, uh, a European or European label to publish a European version of it with an alternate track listing. Um, the new album features cover artwork by Healthy, Healthy Cost Swain, who's done some work for um, Germ Bomb and... Um, Havoc and Toxic Holocaust. Yeah, Toxic Holocaust. Yeah, so she she did a cover for it, which I'm really excited about. Um, so that'll be out in a couple months. Um, yeah, so just be on the lookout. It's just really straightforward, 90s uh, definitely influence. Uh, very straightforward to the point. Uh, if you're a fan of bands like Early My Dying Bride or Demigod, it's probably your cup of tea. And what's the name of the song we're going to hear? The song you're about to hear is called Exile of Sanity. Okay. 
Next up is my solo project, Feeded Zombie. Uh, the project started around 2007. Again, it's a solo project. I do have guest musicians on occasion, but the track you're about to hear is Inverted Halter, and it's coming from an upcoming Split 7-inch with the band Nunslaughter, and it will be released in 2012 on Warhemic Productions from New York. Here's Inverted Halter.
So next up is Grave Wax, and I will let the man himself, Mark Riddick, tell you about this song. Yeah, Grave Wax is a um, fairly recent project with uh, myself and my, my twin brother Mike and, and Brian Foreman, who also plays drums for my Might Have Been Unburied. Uh, on top of it, features vocals by Cam Lee of the uh, Mighty X Massacre. Um, anyhow, the project um, came into existence about a year or two ago, and Right, what you're about to hear now is from a split CD with the Finnish band Claws, and it came out recently on Horror, Pain, Gore, Death Productions. So here you have it, the Divisor Formation.
So going along a little bit of a different approach musically and uh, definitely definitely musically for Mark, uh, something that uh, definitely is appealing to metalists all alike. Uh, here's something that uh, I think is very interesting to hear, and uh, let's get a little more more of an insight from the man himself. So what what do you have to say about this one, Mark? This is Hex and Tans, and Hex and Tans is a, a project that was initiated in the early 2000s, a, a collaboration between myself, my twin brother, and uh, Michael Ford from Black Funeral, along with his wife, and uh, Dana Dark. The, the project was more so geared toward the, the black, um, like the black dark ambient, dark industrial scene. So the music takes a completely different approach outside of metal, um, with inspiration from bands like Zero Comma, Megaptera, and the like. So if um, anybody here is a, a cold meat industry fanatic, this might appeal to you. This is a project called Hex and Tance, and this is a track that was a bonus song on the, uh, the LP reissue of Necrocraft, which was just published by Agonia Records from Poland a couple months ago. This track is called Hell's Torment. So it's been a great pleasure to delve into the projects of Mark Riddick and uh, definitely been some insights as far as a lot of the music endeavors you've done, a lot of material to cover, uh, you know, mostly on a death metal end, but, uh, you know, obviously you vary with your, your style and your interests. So it's been really cool to delve into that and it's been a great pleasure to have you on Hellcast and Honestly, Mark, I just really appreciate you having on the show, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a problem at all. And I, I appreciate um, your, your time, Reaper, and for having me on the show. And uh, I just want to wish you all the, the best with Crucified Mortals and Hellcast and, and everything else you're involved with. Um, looking forward to, to more from, from you and your band in the future. And um, thanks so much for your time. Uh, not a problem, man. I mean, anything I can do to help out. Furthermore, uh, what, is, what is the... Uh, what can the public look for coming from Mark Riddick, whether it be music or artwork? Uh, well, musically, uh, be on the lookout for the Feeded Zombie, Non-Slaughtered Split 7-inch from Warhamic Productions, the Unburied Murder 101 CD, hopefully coming out 2012, uh, New Grave Wax on the way as well, we're working on. So a couple things um, coming up soon. Art-wise, uh, have a couple projects, really cool. i got a, a Split 10-inch coming out um, soon and I'm doing artwork for for um, split between Soul Skinner which is uh, X Now Our Lord and a couple other Greek bands like Hotwire Embrace the Thorns and Nergal so I'm really looking forward to, to getting that artwork out of the way um, looking forward to finishing it up have a couple other important things coming up some artwork for Morgion Master uh, Winds of Genocide uh, Burial Cult Druid Lord Black Angel, Great Desecrator, Mystifier, so a lot of really killer stuff on the way. Be on the lookout. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, I appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely, man. Great to hear that you're that busy, too, doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and and was, wow, it, it's been a great pleasure, man. And uh, again, thank you for the artwork, and I'm sure on behalf of uh, Bleeding Fist, they're really grateful to have that artwork. Looking forward to seeing it published. And, uh, Same here. <laughs> been, yeah, it's just been an honor to hear from you, man. And uh, thank you for coming on the show. All right, take care. You too, man. There you have it, uh, Mark Riddick. 